From their humble beginnings on a cattle station in the Kimberley of Western Australia, Ringers Western's inspiration comes from their roots. Ringers pride their brand on being tough, adaptable, sometimes cheeky, but always offers you class and loyalty. These principles, along with a high standard of design and quality, set Ringers Western way ahead of the mob. Personally, three quarters of my wardrobe is Ringers and the majority are their jackets. With winter coming soon, head to ringersweston.com to check out the range and get yours today. We are back with another episode of Reminisce with Jaden. Uh, my DMs have been going crazy about getting this man on, so I thought I'd better do what, what the listeners want. And I've brought on Harry Sheasel, so thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks, Debo. Thanks for having me on. No worries. You obviously coming to the club this year. Yeah. You've you've started really hot. You had what, thirty touches in your first two, three games and you've continued that form throughout the first fifteen weeks of the year. How did you um how did you think you were gonna go coming in? Did, was it has it exceeded your expectations? Yeah, it definitely did. Um well, first of all, I wasn't really expecting to play halfback. So I came in, got drafted as like a half forward kind of like, just thinking we're going to play in the forward line with you and the others. And um, I think it was like that Bulldogs game, I got moved to halfback in the last quarter and um, went all right. And then, yeah, leading up into the first week of the season, Clarko said, we'll start you at halfback. And yeah, it's kind of just gone from there. Yeah, obviously in the preseason, we were both playing that sort of half forward role. Yeah. And you came in and you sort of probably pushed me. You probably helped me in my preseason because I was like, there's this young kid coming in, he's trying to take my spot. <laughs> Um, I got to work extra hard, so um, it's turned out really well, and they found a spot for both of us in the side, which is awesome. And as I touched on, you've been you've been going amazingly. Um, how were those first few weeks of preseason? Did you settle in well? Yeah, I, I, we settled in pretty well because, like Kevy, like the SNC guy, he like looked after us. Like we didn't do all the running; um, they eased us into it. Like we were doing half the sessions, and it was good just to ease our way into it and like get to meet the boys, see what the training's like, but not get flogged. Um, and then we slowly built our way up and then, yeah, by the, by the time the season came, we were ready to go and, um, yeah, it's worked out pretty well. Obviously once season mode ticks over, it's all about recovery and, and getting ready for the next game. Yeah. Um, a lot of the older boys here on these programs where they sort of get the Tuesdays off, they have a really light run. You have somehow come in in your first year yeah. and you get to go for a swim every Tuesday. Yeah, they have looked after me. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, oh, I think just cause like last year because I had some like hip issues back end of the year um, from overload. So they're just like making sure that doesn't happen again. Um, so yeah, they're looking after me and they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Well, we'll go back to where your footy started. How old were you when you first got a Sharon in your hands? Yeah. So I started um, like everyone at Oz Kick um, when I was six years old. Um, and I actually didn't really like Oz Kick. I kind of hated it. Um, I wouldn't say I was better than everyone, but like I kind of got bored of it because like I hated like waiting in lines and doing like basic kicking drills. Like, um, so then, Dad actually came up with the idea to go play soccer for a year because yeah. they was already they were already playing games. So I went and played soccer, which was really good because it was like competitive sport and I just loved it. Um, and then the next year I went back and played um, under nines or whatever it was back at Ajax um, and then just played my whole junior footy there, um, then into Sandy Dragons and then got drafted from the Dragons. And did you have much success going up in that time? Yeah, in under 11s and 12s, I made, we made a grand final and lost both. Um, we were up at three-quarter time in both as well. Um, yeah, and I didn't play too well, so I thought I wasn't like a big-time player. Um, but then, fortunately, last year in the um, NAB League, um, the Dragons, we had a pretty good team, and um, we won the flag pretty convincingly against Danny Nong. Yeah, you talk about that good team. Had you, Will Ashcroft, yeah. um, a lot of other boys. Yeah. How did you go? Did you all think you were the superstar sort of thing, or you, you played nah, with each other quite well? Yeah, so... Will was obviously like, he was the number one, like he was a freak, like, um, 
he came from Gold Coast and then came down into Melbourne and then um, I played bottom age 16s with him and then um, 17s and 18s and he was like the big guy and like he was our captain and he was in the midfield so it was, it was kind of like wasn't like that because like I was up forward, he was in the midfield and then Cam McKenzie who went pick seven to Hawthorne, he came on pretty late. Um, I always thought he was a gun, like had an amazing preseason in his top age year and yeah, and then like by the end of the year he was like known as a top 10 pick so we had a pretty good balance and yeah, it worked out in the end. During this time, you were you were at Mount Scopus. That's where you went to school, and yeah. um, I was lucky enough. I played in the AISM, which was the the competition yeah. that Mount Scopus played in. St. Joe's played in, and um, we didn't really play Mount Scopus a whole lot. They weren't footy wasn't there yeah. wasn't their forte. But geez, did they have an amazing ground? Yeah, um, yeah. I grew up playing footy on that ground most lunch times, and um, yeah, AISM is not a great competition <laughs> for sport. It's not it's not APS or anything like that. Um, yeah, my mates, we actually had a pretty good year. Like we used to smash teams by like a hundred points and ended up stopped playing at AISM just because I wanted to focus on NAB league and, um, but yeah, have some good memories on that oval. So were you playing on the Wednesday Arvos for Scopus before NAB league? Yeah. Like I was playing like from, from year seven to like year 10, but then year 11 and 12, I kind of stopped and spoke to like the head of sport and they kind of thought it was a good idea not to just like play games because it was kind of a waste of time. So you didn't play any games at all in your top age, like year 12 year? Um, no, I did. I played one game. It was against Bialik, which is like the rival of um, Scopus. Um, I wasn't meant to play. I think I had um, a game that weekend and I was, yeah, I didn't tell anyone that I was going to play, but it's like a massive game. Both schools come down to Scopus and um, yeah, it was like the third quarter and I don't know, I was on the sidelines coaching and I got a, bit, <laughs> got a bit bored. So I was like, all right, I'll put the boots on. I brought them just in case, knowing that I might do that. Um, I put the boots on, ran out. Um, and then, yeah, funnily enough, got the ball from like the wing and took a few bounces, kicked a goal, ran off, carried on a bit and then yeah, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we actually, when I was playing year 12 as well, I didn't play footy at all yeah. and um, was at the Eastern Rangers t- playing Tac Cup and in the Vic Metro side and sort of wasn't really playing that well. My form was a little bit here and there and yeah. um, we had a game as well on the weekend and obviously EOSM's on a Wednesday Arvo and my Vic Metro coach actually said, he's like, mate, I think you should just go play one game with, oh, yeah. with your mates. Like you've got, gone to school for six years with all these boys. They're your good mates. It might get you to enjoy footy and it might help your form. And we yeah. played against uh, D La Salle. It was actually ACA last year. Played against um, yeah, D La Salle and went out there and I thought, I'll just, I'll just muck around. I had yeah. nine goals at three-quarter time. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And then the coach put me on the bench. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, went back out there and, and kicked my 10th. And, yeah, like you said, carried on a little bit. Yeah. But certainly helped my footy. Yeah, it's good for a confidence boost to the EISM. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it certainly is. So it goes from school footy, um, Dragons. Yeah. Were you in the um, AIS squads or any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, I was in the academy last year. Um, yeah, just got picked there and we played the one game against Collingwood Reserves. Um, yeah, which was you pretty- You knocked them off, didn't you? No, nah, we were pretty close though. Close. I think this year's team beat Carlton. Okay. Um, but yeah, we were pretty close. They didn't play too well. Um <laughs> I don't know if it was the bigger bodies or I was playing that half forward role and like they had, they, they played to a system and we, it was our first time playing together. So <laughs> we didn't really gel too well. And, um, I kind of got caught in no man's land all day. So I was pretty frustrated after that and thought I was, um, yeah, fell down like the draft boards and everything. And, um, yeah, it, it ended up not meaning too much. And obviously from the age of about 16, you, you got recruiters at all your games there coming, they're watching, yeah. they're usually sitting on the hill by themselves, yeah. they've got their notepads out and um, all that sort of stuff. When did you start chatting with clubs, I suppose? Yeah, I came on pretty late, to be honest. Like, I didn't make any state teams until under-17s um, and with COVID in our, um, 
I think it was under 16s year, um, in our bottom age year that, um, yeah, I didn't really like get scouted too early and like, I didn't really speak to too many clubs or managers too early. It kind of, there was one game, um, in under 17s at GMHBA against Vic Country and then I played pretty well, kicked a couple of goals and then it kind of all started from there. I got a lot of managers coming after me and then got a couple of interviews and yeah, by the end of my top age year, I think I'd met with all the clubs. And how many times did you talk to North Melbourne? Um, I talked to them twice. I think it was once on Zoom and then at the draft uh, combine, um, had a good chat with them. And yeah, it was kind of a weird one because I kind of knew I was going there leading up to the draft because of that um, trade that went through about a month before the draft. Um, so yeah, it was kind of as soon as that trade went through, George and I kind of knew that North wanted us. So it took a lot of pressure off draft night for sure. And you talk about George, obviously you just have a, have a good relationship. Yeah. Was that, because he was Oakley, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Oakley, but um, he was in the SMJFL, which is where um, he, he was St. Peter's and I was Ajax and we played against each other since like under 10s or 11s. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, we, um, we used to have some good good battles. He, he was always like the best in the comp, like one of the BNFs. And um, I think I came second most of the year. So <laughs> he was always the one like, my dad still reckons he's like the best player he's ever seen play. And my dad loves him more than he loves me watching <laughs> like playing footy. Yeah. Um, and he still tells George that. And yeah, so we had some good battles growing up and played some interleague games together and Vic Metro. And then, yeah, he went to Oakley, which I thought he was in Sandy's own. So I thought <laughs> we were going to play together more, but uh, it worked out pretty well. You got the wood over him with the draft. You had the, the pick higher. He was second. So yeah. Um, oh, I think that was just, they just picked whoever like that knew who they were getting, but um. Yeah, we had no idea who they were going to pick first and that, that was kind of our joke like leading into the draft and yeah, then I, I ended up going three, which was a good thing, I guess. And obviously when you're a high draft pick, you, you sort of know you're going to be drafted most of your 18th year, that year 12 year when you're yeah. at school. How did the schooling go? Did they get put in the backpedal like a lot of people or no, you were still pretty good? I actually worked pretty hard. Um, yeah, I, I had some good support around me and they kind of told me that um, – like footy is important, obviously, but school is also very important. So there's and there's a way to balance them both. So I did it pretty well, actually. Got rid of a subject in year twelve and only did three. So that helped me a lot. Like I was able to study heaps at school um, and then focus on footy after school and training and stuff. So um, it worked pretty well, and yeah, I was pretty happy in the end. And you obviously did your, your VC exams, and I think you had an after party after for the whole school. Yeah. You may have put the North Melbourne song on and started dancing on a table. Uh, you can't deny this because I got footage of it. <laughs> yeah, there was a little party like after our last exam. Um, and yeah, we were with, I was with all my mates and we were um, getting ready for the party and they yeah, were getting a bit excited. And um, but you know how you rip your tops up and you have all that. So yep. like boys are riding north on my like um, on my singlet <laughs> ripped up of my school clothes. And yeah, then we put the song on and had a good dance and yeah, it was pretty funny. I don't know if it was we put the song. Apparently you went up to the DJ and said, oh, can you play Join In The Chorus? <laughs> maybe I can't remember it too well <laughs> we'll go to the next thing so obviously yeah. you get drafted what was draft night like um, oh it was incredible it was probably the best night of my life um, just to be there with your family and um, where was it held at Marvel, at Marvel um, yeah. yeah so they did a proper event which was good because um, they obviously had it in the year before I think a couple of years before that um, so yeah, it was just really good to be there with family and just be in a room and um, I saw Cunners was there with Clarko before the draft and I kind of went up to them before the draft and was just chatting to them, which was a bit weird. Um, and then Elmac sent me a text before the draft saying like, look forward to playing with you and stuff. So <laughs> it kind of took a lot of pressure off and I was able to just enjoy it. Um, although, yeah, I had I didn't have um, my voice that night. So it was a bit weird on the interviews. Like they were asking what was wrong with my voice and yeah, I'm not too sure what happened. 
just a little bit crooked. Uh, it's great how on draft night we get te- sent out a text uh, from people at the club saying yeah. we've just drafted Harry Sheasel, send him a text. So your phone would have been going nuts. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Like the messages you get from like everyone, it took me so long to reply. Um, but it's so nice, the support that you get. And so cool too. Like I'm, you're still an 18 year old and as much as we look back now, it was only six months ago. Yeah. But you weren't friends with all these people. And I remember getting texts from Scott Pendlebury and Steel yeah. Sidebottom. I'm like, how cool is this? They're sending yeah. me messages. And six months later, they're your good friends. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. And then like you rock into the rock up into the club and like the boys are coming up to you and saying like, g'day. And they're like your teammates now. And you're going to be spending nearly every day with them um, for, for how long your career is. So it's pretty cool. Like I grew up, I was a mad footy fan and um, I knew everyone at North and then it was kind of weird that they were just like my teammates now and like I got to work with them that day. Yeah, you're obviously a mad Hawthorne supporter growing up and yeah. when we played Sydney the other day, there was all the photos with you and, and Buddy. It was, yeah. was it surreal playing on the oh, same ground as your idol? Yeah, it was awesome. Like he had a couple of set shots and I was just like standing behind him and like watching him kick them and I'm like, <laughs> this is so weird. Like I grew up watching him kick goals for Hawthorne and then, yeah, that photo obviously got released. I think my dad probably released. I don't know how. <laughs> He, he was the one that I reckon he sent it around because I don't know how it got out. But, um, yeah, Buddy was awesome. Like, after the game, he got asked to do an interview, but he, like, made sure he came up to me and, like, ran over to me and said, like, oh, well done, mate. Like, you're a lot bigger now. Um, <laughs> and that was pretty cool, like, to hear that from him, like, that he's seen the photo and that, like, yeah, he recognised me, I guess. Yeah, it's amazing. And I couldn't agree more. You run out there with, with people that you've looked up to your whole life. And as a kid – you get so excited. You see your idols. Mine was Jonathan Brown. So I was yeah. always, if I saw John, I was like, oh, waving from the fence, asking for his boots, all this sort of stuff. And yeah. I think it helps coming into when you know you were that fanatical kid, when kids are then trying to get your autograph or get you to take a photo sort of thing, you're more likely to do it. Yeah. And you give them your time and like, you know, like that if you're like nice to them and you're doing everything that they want, like how it makes their day. So that's just all you want to do. And, um, yeah, people say, like, do you get sick of the photos and stuff? I don't really get sick of it at all, like, maybe because I'm only six months in, but... Um, <laughs> You'll get sick of it, don't yeah, worry. <laughs> probably, but I think it's good to give back. And um, coming in, who's been your the biggest influence on you at the club? I think from a training perspective, Jai's been really good for me. Um, like, I saw how hard he worked as soon as I came in, like, doing his um, extras and investing in his career. Um, good use of the word. Good use of the word, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and just um, obviously his leadership as well and just everyone. Like there hasn't really been one person. Like I just love the full-time environment and I love doing it alongside others. So, um, yeah, I've just – everyone at the club has been so good and so supportive and welcoming. And you came in with a good group of, of kids as well. you got Blake yeah. Drury there, George, as you touched on, Brayden George, Hamish Free, all these blokes that have come in. What's the What's the vibe like within your – first year group yeah we are very close like I knew Blake and George pretty well before um we got drafted together and then yeah Cooper Cooper Harvey as well yeah we came in and like Blake obviously works really hard and I've done some training sessions with him before the draft and George as well so we were pretty close and um yeah we kind of just didn't go in with any expectations just wanted to be ourselves and work as hard as we like wanted to and yeah um I think we got a pretty good relationship and the boys have some respect for us yeah, and this is no indictment on any other years gone past, but I personally in my six, six, seven years at the club or in AFL, I suppose, yeah. your most impressive first year group to have come in, your, your work rate from the start and you probably lead that is just exceptional. And um, I think there's three things that make good football. You've got to have talent, you've got to work hard and you have to be a good person. And yeah. I think if you have those three things, you'll have a long career in the game and uh, you've certainly got all of those in spades and Thanks, it's man. a credit to you and your character. Yeah, I think, 
a lot of it actually comes from how good um, the under 18 clubs are now, like the system and the um, programs that they have, like Sandy Dragons are incredible. Like we trained out, we, they trained out of St Kilda using their facilities um, twice, three times a week and like you're reviewing games. It's kind of like you're in, in the AFL club part-time. Yeah. Um, so you feel ready when you come into the system and like, you know, so much about your diet, so much about recovery, sleep and all of that stuff. So you kind of are ready. It's just like that little bit of an extra like full-time environment type thing. Yeah. And you're organizing stuff too for the rest of the boys for recovery. You're taking everyone down to Breath House, is it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Breath House, it's in Chapel, just off Chapel Street. It's um, Nathan Freeman, who um, he was like part of my old management group. He's um, a business partner in that. And um, it's basically just like, yeah, breath work. Like you do breath holds and um, it's meant to be really good for you um, mentally, but also it has um, like physical benefits and performance benefits. So yeah, a couple of the boys have been getting down and they've been loving it. Yeah, and how did Dan Howe go on his first go? You came in oh, with, a, with a great story and a smile on your face after yeah. how he went down. Oh, that was one of the better stories. Um, so, yeah, we took um, – it was Dan Howe, Charlie Lazaro, Luke McDonald, Blake and myself that went down for a private class one day. Um, and Blake and I had been going for a couple of weeks already and um, we love it and we, like, talked it up to the boys and they kind of went in with an expect. Oh, and Liam Shields as well. They kind of went in with an expectation. There was just going to be, like, a chilled, like, breath class and – so yeah, we got, we got, we got started. And, um, so with these breath holds, you kind of, so you slowly build your way up. Like you st- you do breathing exercise and then you do like a minute breath hold, then a minute 30 and it just progresses. And we were on the last breath hold and like, it's full silent. Everyone's just doing the breath hold. And, um, the last one was three minutes and we got to the back end of it. And then all of a sudden we just hear like, Oh fuck. And then like, we all, like I jumped up, pup jumped up, um, <laughs> And we're like rattled. We just look at like Dan Howe. He's like hands are in the air. Like he's just out of it completely. Um, and like Pup was full scared. Pup didn't continue the breathing after that because he was rattled. Um, but the other boys just didn't wake up. And um, oh, it was pretty funny afterwards. Like after it, Elmac just like wakes up. And he's like, what the fuck was that? Like, And we all just rattled. And Howie didn't even know he did it. He didn't even remember. He didn't even know. So it just shows how like powerful that breath work is really. Yeah, of course. And we're touching on recovery here, but you're, you're, a very good candidate for recovery and you, yeah. you do all your work. Um, the running underwater in the pool, that's a little bit of a strange one. Oh, Where'd you come up with that? Okay. So Blake stitched me up here. <laughs> you definitely got that off Blake and he stitched me up. Um, yeah. So what it is, so you know how we have those little pools that in the club, like yep. the ice baths and the spa. Um, so Blake told me that GWS do running underwater in, in that part of their program. Cause he knows, I think a couple of boys there that got drafted. Um, and then I was like, oh, like, what does it do? And he's like, oh, it's meant to be like really good for fitness. So then I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And then so I put my head down and like started running underwater. And then now he's pinned it on me that I've come up with this story and say like, it's part of recovery and it's good for your fitness and stuff, but it's all him. Yeah. Cause Blakey told me, he goes, yeah, she's told me. So he said that you're the one that came up with it. He goes, she's told me that you run underwater. You're guaranteed to have 30 every week. I never said that. He's full <laughs> shit. Blakey, he, he just, he's embarrassed that he came up with that. So he's put it on me. All right, all the, the truths come out here, so that's yeah, exactly. the main thing. Yeah. Your first game of footy, what was it like, the build-up, running out in the ground, yeah. all that sort of stuff? Yeah, well, obviously it's a dream come true, like playing AFL for the first time, and um, oh, I was just more excited than anything. Um, and I got some really good advice the day before um, from El Mac and Jai. They both called me and just said, like, you only debut once, like, you're going to play many games of footy, and they kind of gave me a lot of confidence saying, like, oh, you're not going to get dropped, so, like, whatever happens, like, you'll be fine. Just go out there and just play your game. Um, 
And the main thing that they said that really stuck with me that whole like day and leading up into the game was you only debut once, like make the most of it, look around, smile a bit, like don't be like, um, don't like go too hard and like focus on everything and just like make sure your routine's 100%, like enjoy it because it's a pretty special day. So as soon as I got to the ground, like I was went through my normal routine, but like I was more relaxed than I kind of anticipated I would be for my debut. Um, so yeah, my family came and like they did the jumper presentation. I enjoyed that and made the most of that. And um, I guess I was just present in the moment. And then when I ran out, I kind of like looked around the ground, took a second and just appreciated where I was. And I think that helped me. And then yeah, I was able to um, have a pretty good game, which I was happy with. And what I find really important, I don't know if I've told you, I've told it to a few of the other first years, maybe you as well, but like when you're in your first year, you literally can't do anything wrong. Like you go out there, you have a good game and like they have been, everyone's been going, geez, she's was a star, she's was a star, um, which you are. But if you, if you have a bad game, they're not all of a sudden going to turn on you and say, yeah, she was no good sort of thing. Whereas once you get into your fifth, sixth year, they start, you start riding yeah. the roller coaster a little bit more, but in your first year, it's all just up and you can't really do anything wrong. And it's a good attitude to have to go out there and succeed like you have. Yeah, for sure. No, you definitely, I remember saying that we were at Clarko's farm and we went for that walk and man, you had a good chat. Um, about that and a few other things about like motivation and working hard. So yeah. No, awesome. We better uh, touch on the sponsors here for a little bit. We've obviously got Ringers West and I'm wearing one of their flannies today and, and their hat. Um, we always talk about camping with them. Obviously they do all sorts of clothes. They can dress you up for formal nights. They can do smart casual. You can just knock around the house in their clothes as well. Um, have you done any camping in your time or are you a bit of a, a bit of a city boy? I'm a bit of a city boy. I'll admit <laughs> I haven't done too much camping. What about any traveling anywhere? Yeah, I've been pretty fortunate to um, travel overseas a bit with the family, um, been to America um, and Europe, and then the, probably the best trip I've done, we went to Scandinavia one year, um, so like Finland Finland and Norway and that, and that was awesome. Like some of the stuff we did there was incredible. And you would have stood out there. There's lots of blonde hair, blue eyes over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got the tan skin and the dark hair. Yeah, but we had like clothes. Like I had beanie on everything. You couldn't see anything, to be honest. Um yeah, it was a pretty awesome experience. And that was a family trip you went on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Went on a lot, a lot of family trips. Um, haven't been away with mates or anything, um, but maybe at the end of this year. Yeah, we'll get you on the footy trip, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah no, your family, fun. your family's obviously a great support of you and um, they're at every game. They they fly in a state for all the games. It yeah. must be awesome having them behind you every step of the way. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. Um, they've been with me on the journey from day one and- how much they I do for me is incredible. Like dad from day one, like always pushed me and um, he loves his footy so much and he probably cares about my career more than I do. <laughs> like he's so invested and um, yeah, it's awesome. Like sometimes it gets a bit much, but like he's the one guy that I go to after like every game and I ask for like honest feedback and we just chat about the game and like I take his opinion um, more seriously than anyone probably um, just because I know how well he knows me as a person and as a player. Um and he, he claims he's a pretty decent footballer himself back in the day, not, not <laughs> AFL or anything, but, and then mum just doing everything for, for me. Like she's big onto like nutrition and recovery and like yoga and that stuff. So she kind of taught me that end of um, football and um, yeah, she obviously drove me around a lot. So yeah, I'm pretty grateful. Yeah. They're obviously amazing. And like I said, we whenever we walk into the rooms, I always see your yeah. two parents there. And in my first couple of years, my parents were exactly the same. Actually, they, they still come yeah, down to Tassie yeah. and that they still come quite a bit, but it's just so awesome having them there and seeing them after a game, whether you've played well, whether you've played poorly, um, to have the support of your family there is just amazing. And, yeah. uh, what I liked what you said there was that <laughs> your old man thought he was a good footballer. Yeah. Like, 
I don't reckon there's any bloke in Australia that's over 40 that yeah, seriously. doesn't doesn't say they used to be a good footballer back in the yeah. day. My old man used to tell me the same thing. And, and they reckon they could have made it. Yeah, they could have made yeah. it, but oh, I drank too much or I didn't work yeah. hard enough. And exactly. It's a bit bit harder than that. Yeah. You've got a uh, you got a little talent where you can uh, choose everyone's boots or like pick out what boots people yeah. wear. So if I give you a few names, you can tell me what sort of boots they wear. Yeah, I think I should be able to. In the whole AFL or just our team? I'd like to think the whole AFL. All right, we'll start with an easy one. What do I wear? You wear the Pumas. Yeah, very yeah. good. Buddy? He wear, well, he used to be um, Adidas, but now I think he's back on Nike. Tempos. <laughs> See, no, you go with them wherever they go yeah. with their sponsorships and um, all that sort of stuff. All right, how about Callan Ward? Callan Ward. He's ASICs, I'm pretty sure, just black and white most of the time. Okay, you got the colours as well. Oh, this I is know it. the colours and the type of boots This as is well. impressive. Yeah. Adam Trelaw? Uh, he's Nike. Tempos, I'm pretty sure. How's your um? How's your history go with old players? Do you know what they were wearing? Like a Sam Mitchell? Yes, and Sam Mitchell was Pumas. Pumas, okay. Yeah. We'll go and Luke Hodge. Uh, he was Pumas as well, um, but he changed a bit. I'm pretty sure. It's pretty yeah. impressive. There's a few boys. I think Paddy Nash, who I grew up with, Charlie Lazaro at our club. They're very good at at knowing Still their boots. Bottom's pretty good at it. I've seen. He's yeah. very good as well. I don't know. I just kind of like pick up on those details, and I love my boots, obviously. So it's easy to find. And you're obviously with Nike. You're, Decked yeah. out in the kit and <laughs> you got yeah. a good deal with them? Um, oh, not official yet, but um, yeah, they, they look after me and yeah, I, that that's also crazy. Like meeting with Nike and um, talking about a sponsorship is, is like a dream come true. And like I went to the headquarters and I was like, incredible. Like, they give you some cash and you're allowed to spend whatever you want. Yeah, you're allowed to go buy some clothes and it's just so surreal. And yeah, I kind of always dreamt of that as a kid, like getting a sponsorship from Nike and um yeah, it kind of came true, which is awesome. Has everything been as you'd presume coming into the AFL or is there things that have surprised you, things that you didn't realise went on? Not really, to be honest. Like nothing was a big surprise. Like I kind of had a pretty good idea of what went on. Like like I said before, like the programs are so good nowadays, nowadays preparing you for AFL. Like I, I did a week at St Kilda um, last year and I kind of found out what it was like to be a footballer and I just love the full-time environment, like I said earlier and earlier and um, – the thing that probably surprised me the most, not surprised me, but the thing I um, didn't know really was like how much time you guys spend together um, at the club, but then also away from the club. And like, I knew like people say like, oh, you create like lifelong friendships at football clubs, but you seriously spend so much time together and you get to know them so well, so quickly. So yeah, that's a good thing. And it's also too, like when you're at the club, you're obviously talking with them all day and yeah. you're making plans for your weekends or your time off and you're yeah. with these people, so you ask them if Seriously. they want to come and you're getting asked. So yeah. it's certainly a good bond and we, um, we're we creating a good culture at North. Everyone gets along. There's no hierarchy. I think, yeah. would you agree that you've come in and oh, you feel just yeah. as happy to talk up as if you'd played 100 games? 100%. And that's what I love about the club. And um, I was listening to your podcast with Mac, and that's what you said about the hierarchy and how it maybe was different at Collingwood. Um, but yeah, like like you said, like I have no um, hesitation to speak up and um, – the captains, they actually like come to me and say like, speak up and um, what, what are your you opinions? Think? And yeah, so they have a lot of like faith in us and um, I, I think it's great how everyone um, has the, everyone is comfortable enough to like say whatever they think. Yeah, and everyone's voice is valued, which yeah. is which is all you can ask for, I suppose. Definitely. We'll get away from the footy. What does life outside of footy look like for you? Yeah, so I'm a big family man. So I spend a lot of time with my family and um, my grandparents and my girlfriend and um play a bit of golf here and there in summer, um, <laughs> kind of giving it up a bit now. Um, 
we actually went to Tough Golf in um, Gold Coast over the bye and like it was my first time hitting a golf ball since like summer and I was no good. So <laughs> I'm a bit scared to go back to it. Um, I just hang with mates, go out and see them, go get like an acai bowl every now on my on my days off and um, play a bit of PlayStation, but yeah, I'm pretty low key. And you've got your girlfriend, Misha. She's also at all the games. She's always yeah. there in the rooms. i got a funny story off uh, one of your friends that you – might have been in love with her a little bit before you started dating and you're quite the romantic. Is that sort of heard? Yeah, I can't deny it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty true. Um, yeah, I had a keen eye on her for a while before we dated. Um, I, I knew her. She was always at my school. At and school, yeah, yeah. Um, we were pretty close and, yeah, ended up working out. Yeah. Well, what, the story I got told was that she broke her leg and she was in a wheelchair or crutches and she used to go down the elevator and used to make sure you were at the bottom of the elevator to help her out. <laughs> that was your way of sort of <laughs> yeah it's a pretty funny story like um I used to like I, I this is a joke but like I used to claim that I knew like how long the elevator took and stuff so <laughs> I'd like walk past there at the, like the right time and like see her and speak to her um but yeah it's probably not a good story to tell it's awesome it shows you're romantic it shows that um you got young love it's it's an awesome thing to see and obviously she's a great supporter of yours and um, I've got a girlfriend now too, and she's a great supporter of mine. So they're great to, yeah. to have there. And, um, I mean, I don't know about yours, but my girlfriend doesn't know a whole lot about footy. She, no. <laughs> she thinks she does, but yeah. she sort of, she comes in, she doesn't yeah. give me I, any advice or um, any of that sort of stuff. Misha knows, um, a lot about footy actually. Like she doesn't give me advice. Um, <laughs> she like, she's great like that. Like I'm able to like see her and then switch off from footy. Like if I haven't had a good game, like I mainly go to her house and that's my way of just kind of forgetting about it. But she's actually a big Geelong supporter. Or she was, um, and we played Geelong this week. So um, it'll be interesting to see who she goes for. Who she's backing for. Yeah, I, th- I think North. I hope North. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got her family ticket, so it'll be interesting to see who they go for as well. Obviously, to get the, the Rising Star Award round one is a, is a credit to, to your ability and um, is usually a good way of showing who one of the favourites is for the award. And there's obviously only six, seven weeks to go now, um, and it's quite yeah. a tight race. You, Ashcroft, who you grew up with, um, there's a few other boys, but, yeah. um, has it been in your mind at all? Or are you just going there and taking it week by week? Um, oh, like it, it's been in my mind, but I'm not really like, I don't really care about it at all, to be honest. Like it's in my mind cause all the boys are saying it. Um, it's in the media as well. Yeah, exactly. And like everyone says it to me, but like, to be honest, I couldn't really care less. Like, um, like I know everyone says that like, oh, I couldn't care less. Like just as like they just say it because like that's what they're meant to say but I could really couldn't care less like I care more about my role for the team and like trying to do what I can and get better really like it's my first year and um obviously we're not really going to play finals so um it's not really my focus at the moment my focus is like on the team and trying to get better and improve for coming year so we can be a successful team I think that's really good attitude to have like if you just go out there and you're playing your role for the team yeah, yeah, making your teammates happy, doing all the right things, the one yeah. percenters. You're obviously going to play better yourself anyway, and then that's going to give you, give yeah. you the credit to to win an award like that. It's a tough award to win, if I might yeah. say myself. Oh, <laughs> I've been, um, yeah, I remember your first year was incredible. Um, I kind of thought like that was the year I ch- I wanted to have going into like this year because I was going to play forward, but then it kind of <laughs> changed because I got moved to half back. So then. Yeah, I watched a lot of Nick Dacos um, and what he did last year. So that's kind of what I'm trying to model my game on a bit. 
Well, actually, it's funny you say Nick Dacos because you two running out there actually look very similar. The way you move, the way you look, yeah. um, and the way you use the ball, you, you're very similar. So it's a great person to to model yourself off. Oh, he's incredible. I don't think I'm at his level or not anywhere near it. But um, <laughs> I don't think many are. But yeah, no, nah, it's incredible how good he is. But yeah, it is good to have people like that to like kind of learn off and um, try and model your game off a bit. And I suppose, what's your ambitions within the game in the next four or five years? Yeah, um, I haven't really it's set a tough question. Yeah, I haven't really set too many goals to be honest. Like, um, number one would have to be team success. Like, you see, like coming into the system, I've now seen how hard it is to be successful and be like a good team. Like, I'm not just saying because we're going not too well at the moment, but like, you see how hard how hard it is and how much hard work um, needs to go into being a successful team. And um, yeah, that's really just my focus. Like, I want to put that work in. I want to do it as a team and do it with the guys that. I now spend so much time with and um, I think it's a pretty exciting chapter for us um, with a lot of young talent in and guys like yourself in that age like category from like, what is it, like 23 to 26 or whatever. Um, and you, we've got a pretty solid team, so I think it's it's possible. So that's what I'm really excited about and um, I probably have like leaders, leadership aspirations down the track and, um, yeah, we'll kind of see what happens from there. Yeah, and you've obviously been thrown around this year. I've, you've Mainstay at half back, but yeah. you've spent time in the midfield. You've spent time at half forward. Um, where do you want to? Where do you see yourself playing in in years to come? Yeah, um, I think long term we'll probably look more like forward and midfield. Um, I, I love my time at half back, and I think I'll probably stay there for the rest of the year. But um, we'll see what happens from there. But I think I can probably impact more at like forward line and midfield. Yeah, certainly. And obviously watching you in the preseason at training, you were doing some amazing stuff as a forward, kicking goals every week at training. And yeah. um, it was just great to watch. And I touched on it before, but I've been so impressed with with your group coming through and um, you certainly lead that. But that just your work rate, your willingness to learn, your willingness to stay there, you're always there doing extras after, putting the extra touch. I'm sort of just pumping up your tyres right yeah. <laughs> pumping your tyres up right now, but I just want everyone to know at home that there's no surprise why you're having the success you, that you're having and and George too because the yeah. work you put in is just amazing and um, it's a credit to you. All the boys notice it and, um, I mean, you keep that up and you'll easy play two, 300 games. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's good fun. I love like that, doing those um, extras, I guess, and investing in your career. Um I think the main thing is like you get confidence from it. Like they might not have that much of a benefit to you. Like it might be only like a 1% um, benefit, but like I get so much confidence mentally and going into games that I have done the work and I've prepared well. And um, I think confidence is so important for football and um, just being mentally, I guess, aware and self-aware of like what you do from a week to week to help you become a better player. Um, and that's the main thing that I, I kind of, try and do every day and every minute of every day, just thinking of how I can get better. And um, I think it all adds up. And yeah, I think that's what, I, that's my advice to, I guess, young guys. Are you superstitious at all with it? Is it? If you play a good game after doing something, will you then do it the next week? I used to be, <laughs> um, like under 15s and that. Um, but I've, I've kind of been, I'm kind of more lenient now. Like also when you, you can't really be that superstitious when you're playing AFL because like you're traveling um, every second things week. Change. So things change. You can't always eat the same. Um, but I do always eat the same when I'm in Melbourne. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> What's the food choice? Yeah, so I have pasta the day before for lunch and then I usually have a pad thai um, for dinner the night okay. before and then wake up, have like toasted cheese and a um, spinach and um, mushrooms for breakfast and then a big smoothie like right before I leave for the game. Beautiful. You got it all figured out then. Yeah. Um, we'll wrap it up there. We I can't 
let you go without asking you one final question. Obviously, you've listened to the LMAC podcast. I always ask yeah. if you're having your next big birthday, so it'd be your 21st for you. Yeah. Um, and you get two acts, they're allowed to come. So you invite them, money's not an issue. You've got a seven till 10 slot and a 10 till late slot. Who are the two acts that you're wanting to, to play at your birthday? Can be like DJs. Can be DJs, yep. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably get like Post Malone from seven till 10. Yeah. I love him. Um, and then maybe Fred again. Yeah. <laughs> bit of jungle going off yeah oh no that's overplayed in the gym <laughs> in the pre-season that was played like every day kind of got sick of it but no nah, I love Fred he's good and at what stage do you go to the DJ and ask him to, to play join in the chorus <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> maybe closer to 12 <laughs> <laughs> no that's great well yeah like I said mate um, it's been an honour getting to know you over the last six seven months um, coming in I've been super impressed with you you're your form on field has, has shown shown the work that you do behind the scenes and it's really brought it to life and um, I'm looking forward to playing many more years with you and fingers crossed you do win the Rising Star. I know it doesn't really matter, yeah. but it's um, it's good recognition of the year you've had and um, it's 20 grand in your pocket too, which, which is quite nice. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really hoping you can get that and I think if you continue playing the way you are and building the, the respect to your teammates, then you're every chance to do that and uh, maybe – more accolades, including silverware to come in the years to come. So thanks again for coming on, mate. No, thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. And yeah, no, thanks for taking me under your wing a bit and um, looking after me in the other first years. Uh, no worries. And and thanks to Sheez's mates that uh, <laughs> threw him under the bus. I got some uh, some funny stories that I probably yeah. couldn't even tell on the podcast, but um, thank you for sending those in. Big thanks to Braden and Roland Media. Um, obviously the space that they have here is amazing and um, the work he does behind the scenes helps the podcast to look as good as it does and um, I'm really appreciative of that Braden. so thank you finally to uh, Ringers Western uh, they're a great supporter of the podcast as I've said many times if you haven't already go to ringersweston.com and check them out um, they can honestly sort you out for any occasion they also sell coolers drink bottles all that sort of stuff so have a look on their website and, and check out their stuff um, until next time we'll see you then <laughs> <laughs>